0: Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on ScoreNorth and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Hey, John's having a good spring so far, uh, working incredibly hard, uh, digesting the system. He made a couple uh, checks yesterday at the line of scrimmage that, you know, he wasn't prepared, you know, play-by-play for of, hey, make sure on play 12 you're ready to do this. He just kind of instinctively did that. Um, Those are the little things you look for. Obviously, Sean had some, uh, you know, great work at the line of scrimmage as well over on that other field when we were working kind of twos versus twos over there. Uh, But across the board, our, our quarterbacks have been a huge driving force, that whole room, all four of those guys.
1: Purple Access, Zolgad, Star Tribune Sports columnist, Chip Scoggins, and of course, um, the man who produces it all, who leads the way, Declan Goff, Purple Access, presented by our friends at Surly Brewing. Uh, Chip and I both will tell you that if you are thirsty and you want a good beer, Surly and Surly Furious is the place to find it. And also by TCL TV, enjoy more with TCL. Any sports you watch on a TCL, well, let's just say it's a little bit. It a better that was kevin o'connell after or at, actually it was kevin o'connell this is thursday that was a wednesday press conference mm-hmm. he did the vikings were on the field ship on tuesday for what was ota number two ota number three is actually today as we record this no access to it on thursday um i heard you ask a couple questions though so i was going to start the show by just simply asking you what stood out to you about what o'connell said at the press conference
0: yeah, it was it was nothing really. Uh, I wouldn't say newsy. Um, it, it is interesting though. It seems like uh, I think is Joe Smith asked him what he wants. What's what's the number one thing he wants to see? Is it the you know the, the feeling each other out process? And O'Connell said we're past that stage. Like we we've, we've done that. Now it's about competition. And it's interesting once they got on. Now that they can transition to the field from the the weight room and the class study and all that that. Now it really is about guys earning the trust of the coaching staff. And and, and the question I asked him was that what we've talked a lot about here is um, you have a large group of young guys um, who were in that draft class last year that didn't, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to play or really or show themselves. So you're essentially, his staff is essentially uh, evaluating two draft, two rookie draft classes right basically and yeah. how do you go about that and he said yeah it's like you know they did as much as they could in terms of whatever film they had on these guys but yeah it's he said it's almost a blank slate for a lot of the players on this team and even the second and third year guys you know that that they're trying to figure out who fits and who doesn't um ben gasling from my paper asked about you know we see any rookies that get the run with the first teams. Cause I think all the rookies were basically running with the second and third teams. Right. right. Uh, from what you saw. So he said, yeah, you know, guys can earn that opportunity. Um, and they'll, you'll see some of that, but just because you're a first round pick, you're not starting out with the, with the ones. And so, um, so I, I think it is for the coaching staff, this is really about their first chance of seeing guys on the field and what they can do now. They're not tackling and goal full speed, but, you get some sense of how guys are going to fit with the new schemes.
1: Now, I think that the, um, because I I was not at the press conference, we were actually doing our show recording it during the press conference yesterday, so I couldn't make it out there. But I did go to the Tuesday OTA. And uh, Chip, I want to start here as far as that goes, because I'm guessing that you picked up on this as well, just being out at the press conferences on Wednesday, hearing O'Connell and players. It is remarkable how different it feels now. And I know it's yeah. a cliche, changes, you know, changes. But um, Delvin and Daniil Hunter both had uh, pressers after they got done with the OTA on Tuesday. And they wouldn't elaborate, but both of them very clearly said, it's fun to come to work. And I have n- I don't think, Chip, that I have mm. ever seen Daniil Hunter as relaxed at the microphone and as comfortable yeah. as he was on Tuesday. I'm guessing you saw the same thing, but just from that standpoint, I don't know if it's going to translate to wins, but I will say this. The atmosphere has done a 180 at TCO
0: performance center. Yeah. And, and Eric Kendricks talked yesterday and he's the one that really got the ball started with all the, uh, atmosphere part on the day they were firing, uh, when Zimmer and Spielman were firing, he said, you know, the, the total fear based. uh, we don't need a fear based organization. And he was asked about that yesterday. And, uh, he didn't want to live in the past. Obviously, that's the new statement. Yeah, Cook no. said the same thing. Yeah, and 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 honestly, it doesn't no good to to keep hounding on how things were. But it it's obvious now, and we felt it. Anybody who was around that team last year felt it. The air was heavy. Yes, <laughs> the air was heavy around yeah. that team. Well, put. and you felt it. You felt it during training camp, and part of that, I will say this. Part of that was Judd. The guys that didn't get vaccinated, that made the air heavy. Yes, Because Zimmer was justifiably irate about that. He said, they're going to cost us games. Guys are going to miss games. He was mad at Cousins. He was mad at those guys that wouldn't listen to him, listen to the the experts they gave him. So, so that part of it made the air thick. Um, it was obvious that they needed to win to save their jobs. And so that created tension. And And the one thing, and not to just keep pounding on Zimmer about this, but the one thing we've always said was, in every NFL season, there's tension, right? There becomes a point in your schedule where you've lost a couple, you haven't played or whatever, and he did not do a good job of lowering the temperature. He raised the temperature, so I felt like people were walking on eggshells, and it just felt like that all the time last year. And so I, I, think, the guys now, I think the guys now feel like, yeah we can breathe. And it, whether it whether leads to more wins or not, you, you know, it's impossible to say that, but it feels like they can breathe again.
1: Yeah, and it feels like people – are having fun again, which it didn't. And you're right. There were a number of circumstances of why. Like, it wasn't just all Mike, Mike, Mike. Um, but, yeah, the pressure of trying to win was big. And, look, I also think, in retrospect, and, and I mean to take, like, two steps back here, um, right or wrong, and it might have been for his health, in in which case for him personally, it was right. Gary Kubiak sort of screwed him. Because when Gary left and, and, his ki- and, there, and he's like, take Clint, he'll be good. I mean, poor Clint. I actually feel bad for Clint because he was in so far over his head. Like Mm -hmm. you see what O'Connell is trying to do now. And, and I don't know if that's going to work, but I will say this from a starting point, it's, you know, obviously the most important side of the ball in the sport. Now Uh, there's just so many nuanced complexities of things that must be done. Right. And Clint Kubiak had no clue. And, he was thrown into at best a terrible situation for him personally
0: well with a coach who wanted things done was rigid in the way he yeah. wanted things done so i mean we saw when 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 he could script plays he was fine and after that it went the you know it was chaotic um they they just couldn't respond and, and adjust so but no i it, you know it does feel like they have a definite plan on what they're doing now, whether it works and whether how I many wins that leads to you know remains to be seen but um but you yeah, I do think we can overstate collaboration and guys feeling good and yes. shake my hand in a halt you know but i but just from a human uh basic human level, if you feel good about coming to work, I think you're gonna be more productive and feel good about you know, what, what's being taught to you, what's being uh, asked of you versus if you just feel like, Oh my God, this is, you know, the the atmosphere is bad. And, you know, which, which, which goes to show, I think we had a sense of it last year, but not nobody really knew the clear depths of it. So yeah. Professional athletes and teams are pretty good about being able to compartmentalize or hide. (laughs) Yes. all the dysfunction that, that's going on they can lie to us like no other and and uh, but you can feel it you can feel it You're at least right. you can sense it you can sense it last year from training camp day
1: one that something was off and mike didn't know what to do about the COVID thing because he couldn't he i don't think he could get past the fact that he thought you know you get paid a lot you shouldn't mm-hmm. care about anything including your family, like this whole thing about we care about families. No, you don't. And that's okay. But, you know, but the whole thing in Mike's case was I'm telling you how not to get sick and you're not listening. You people are all idiots. And O'Connell would have, might have felt the same way, but never would have expressed it in that way. And so I think the COVID vaccination thing was like the final straw of when Mike completely lost the locker room.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the COVID, so there was the COVID thing. There was, he, you know. The cousins uh contract, you saw what it was doing on his roster. He said we have a top heavy roster, we don't have the depth. Uh, you know, and then it just I mean it was just a bad vibe. Um but so that that is I wasn't I wasn't able to be there Tuesday, but um it's little things. I mean and again, I don't want people to think that this is gonna be like, oh well start mapping out the parade route, but you know, letting them play music, cutting down a field and having the, the Well Mike Mike did that. Yeah, I played
1: a lot of music. Some
0: yeah. some of the lyrics I do not approve of, Chip. I Yeah, it's it's some of the lyrics like, I I do not know about these things. My, my kids listen to it, and I'm like, what? Um, but but the uh, I, I was kind of interested on the the the, uh, the video board where they get to the uh, the video board's cool. I, I like I'm a country music guy, so I, I you know some of this stuff goes over here. But the video board, so it, it shows the all 22. So do they turn around and I don't know watch it. I have to after, ask that. After That's a, a rep, good question. That, is that what it is? I don't know. But yeah, there, there's a big
1: screen now in the middle of the fields that they can actually watch things on. I I'd have no clue. And and o, O'Connell was also on Tuesday had a walkie-talkie and I'm assuming he might have been calling things into Kirk's helmet in installation. Uh, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of things, but I mean so so and another very important um difference between O'Connell and I'm gonna go in the way back machine here and Brad Childress is this. So Childress got there after Ticey in 06 in and was told this play, people are running wild. This is on this is unacceptable. So his first uh camps were just uptight as could be and nobody was happy. O'Connell, yeah. you know, and, and look Kevin's going to have times where he gets that 3 a.m. call that a guy's in jail, and he's going to have to decide how to respond to that. But that being said, you know, O'Connell is allowing everybody more freedom, and like us. Like, you can now walk up the sideline and watch part of practice and video from there. With Zimmer, you couldn't. So, like, it's an overall – it's not just the players. It's an overall vibe of – we're not going to share secrets, but we're also not going to act like, like, you know, you are the – you are trying, to, yeah, yeah. You're trying to expose us. So, it, it, I like where it's going. I'm very curious yeah. to see how it sort of lands. If that well tracks, and I also will note
0: he hasn't coached the game yet. Correct. <laughs>
1: so. He hasn't suffered to watch it. In fact, I said that to an employee. Uh, there, there was a there was a a guy on the sideline on Tuesday who who said, "Man, it's it must be fun to be you know the freedom to walk up the sideline." And yeah, the the thing is. He has. He doesn't have an L by his name yet. In fairness, yeah, he hasn't. He, hasn't he had also had a bad looks watch very yet. young. The presidential <laughs> years thing is coming too. <laughs> Take right. pictures of O'Connell right now. In three years, he's going to look fifty-two. He's going to look my age.
0: Well, that's it. Uh, uh, there was a picture of Zimmer from his uh, introductory press conference on the wall there, and in, in the, it's incredible out, the media room. And then to see that, and then see that, and then, but then I'm like. Okay, who am I to talk about? You wanna see my yeah. <laughs> you wanna see, see my uh Star Tribune badge for when I started? I look a little older, a lot more gray hair, and I'm fatter, so I can't really comment on someone's career. But yeah, it, you know, and someone asked uh, O'Connell about that yesterday, like it's only been two days on the field of of you know, okay, but have you had kind of that moment where you're like, holy crap, I'm the head coach here of NFL football team? And he said, Not really, other than He can, you know, sometimes he'll stop and say, Hey, if I don't like the way something's going, I'm the head coach. I can stop it or I can, you know, it. Whereas before, if you're a coordinator or a position coach, you're just like, I'd probably do that differently. You know, but you say it to yourself. But now, if I don't like something, I blow the whistle and they have to stop. And I'm the guy. Mental note, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's, and, and one thing I do agree that Zimmer said, I remember him saying, that Parcells always said there's something that comes across your desk every day that you had no idea for or you didn't. Yes. Because well, you've you never done it. You get phone calls. Yeah. You get, uh, hey, guess what? When you're a quarterback's coach or an offense coordinator, if the defensive end has an issue, it ain't your problem. Correct. <laughs> you know what? When you're the head coach, everything's your problem. And so uh, I'm sure there's some of that he's figuring out now. And, and again, it's great that I think he's implementing, um, you know, a, a program or a process where players can feel uh, like they can approach coaches or have more say in things or just feel good about the environment that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still comes down to there's a lot more pressure in November oh. than there is May. <laughs> you know? 100%. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, just to be clear, I'm saying the current yeah. vibe because you're
1: exactly right. Yeah, yeah, he does not have an L. Yet to his name. That changes things. And and look, I, I mean, there is definitely going to be, because I believe right now there are 90 guys on this team. Uh, there are definitely going to be guys who were here previously, and we're probably afraid to get in trouble, who are going to say, this is the newer, kinder, gentler Vikings. I'm going to push that yeah Um, that always happens too so like how is he going to respond when the phone rings at three and now you got to go take care of you know and your wife's like what the hell is that and you're like i'm responsible for the entire team so yeah Yeah. there's other things here chipper that are very very new to him and interesting um i just like the fact it doesn't now feel like they're like like everyone is on eggshells
0: yeah yeah and that's and that's good and i just think it's it's gonna you would hope guys are professional enough to know, okay, let, don't take advantage of this. There will yeah, be guys that will. <laughs> there will be guys that, that that settle in too much, you know. Well, right, because Quasi's
1: like, Quasi is guy's friends. Like, he's going around dapping guys up, and O'Connell's, you know, smiley 30-something-year-old. There are 1,000% going to be some
0: veterans who probably say, I'm going to push this a little bit. And guess what? I have news for you. There's going to be guys that get cut that, you know, that probably surprises, us. You know, it, that's the one thing I'm, I'm going to write this weekend Judd, is that they're inheriting a lot of players that they didn't pick yep. and that were, that were picked for a different system, whether it's blocking schemes or defensive. And so it'll be interesting. Some of these guys may get cut through no fault of their own. Just, Hey, you were, you were drafted for, or brought here for something else to play in a different scheme and you just don't fit Hey, right. what we're doing. And there's that's no, right. No hard feelings on that. So that's why I think this is important. And some of those guys that they drafted last year, they may look at and say, you know what, they were drafted for a different scheme, a different body type. We look for this. You know, we look for these kind of characteristics and what we want to do. Sorry, you just don't fit, you know. And so I think we're going to see some of that uh, through OTA and training, not OTA, but in training camp when they start making cuts.
1: And, Chip, there are going to be guys who get cut because they come into camp out of shape and overweight. And I'm going to t- appeal to them right now. I'm going to talk to them right now because I'm going to tell you how not to get cut. That is thanks to my friends at at Livia Weight Control S- Centers, uh, their new simple start plan, only $59. That's right. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to take July and you're going to be like, oh man, training camp's going to be simple. Uh, you know, no, no. You need to keep yourself in good shape and you receive one-on-one personalized and guided support online or in person from the Livia team of experts, visit Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com can help you not only lose the weight, but keep the weight off. I'm going to give you a name of a guy I think we should keep an eye on, Chip, because I think his importance in the actual football decisions is, um, is going to be huge, because he sort of is all around all the time. Ryan Grigson, who Quasi hired, um, who worked with Quasi in Cleveland, but more importantly is the guy that drafted Andrew Luck with the Colts and ran the, the Colts. My perception, just perception, is, is this. I think he might be the biggest football voice in the room. Your thoughts yes. on that?
0: Well, did you see the, Did you, uh, and I don't know if the listeners saw it, um, viewers, that the 20-minute video that, that the Vikings put yeah. out behind the scenes. I did. Greg Grixon was in that a lot. Yep. Right, and he was around Quaysey a lot. And if, you know what? He's been in that role, Judd, at a you know, at a high level. And so he, just as O'Connell has things come across his desk, Quaysey's going to have things come across his desk. And it's nice to have a guy who's been there, done that, um, has the perspective of a guy who's had to make hard choices about roster construction and all this. So I think he's going to be. Um, a very big piece. I don't know how, I don't know that, you know, we're going to be seeing him doing interviews, obviously. No, but I think he's going to have a very big presence behind the scenes in how the operation is run. And it's interesting that Kweisi just hired, uh, sorry, I don't have his name off the top of my head. The the guy from the 49ers Uh to be the director of football operations. Who's an analytical background Um, started in research and development for the 49ers and, obviously made a huge impression with Quasi, And so we are definitely seeing a fundamental shift in how they, they handle football operations with a very much uh, analytical uh, approach to it. And much like the twins will never tell us how many people they have and how like, like show us what that means, right? Show us right. how that works. I mean, we know spin rates and all these different things that they do with the pitch staff, but, they're they're very secretive about what they do i'm guessing the vikings are probably not going to open the door and say hey take a look at uh, how we're doing this analytics i'm curious to see like how that fundamentally looks in football we know in baseball football i just i would love to know how that really affects the day-to-day operation
1: to that point as well it'll be and again to your point we won't be able to actually probably deduct this exactly but as we know that Rocco Baldelli is incredibly influenced by decisions made above him, it would be interesting to know how much of O'Connell's coaching will be influenced by Quazi and his people and the advanced metrics as opposed to, you know, this is just how I coach, which is I think probably safe to say
0: more and more going by the wayside. Is that Is it down and distance stuff how you got to go for it here or I assume that's a big part of it, or yep. you, you know, you, you don't kick field goal here, you you, you always go for it in these situations. But it uh, could be, but you
1: know, Chipper, it, it could go beyond that. Like there could be things that we always think are just football y football decisions that these guys have decided, no, 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 there's actually a rhyme or reason to exactly how we think you should do things. And, you know, Coach O'Connell will be given that information to make the right decision.
0: Yeah. It just feels like football is more Baseball, you know, is, you know, so much of the analytics is uh, pitching and hitting and and swing playing and and all the, you know, spin rate and, you know, throw your fastball more this number of times. Football just feels like, uh, I'm not saying football is such an emotional game and it's in the spur of the moment. Sure. That's not to say when you get to, uh, you know, fourth and one inside your fort, you always go for it, right? That's going to be your that's going to be your organizational philosophy. These situations, you're always going to go for it, or you're always going to do this. So, I think it'll be shaped in that way. But it just feels like there's so many you know bullets flying on game day. It's like uh, it'll be interesting to see how you implement the analytics uh, in that sport as much as you know we see it dominate baseball.
1: Speaking of things that are flying, on I. Ga- game day chipper when you have the opportunity when you have the chance to sit down and watch your beloved vols on a saturday no typewriter no nothing just you the (laughs) remote and the couch what do you look like to have flying towards your hand as kickoff approaches i still want to write my stories on a typewriter the old time
0: zing
1: (laughs) (laughs) as a kid when i was trying to be sports writer
0: uh, yeah uh football saturdays in the fall Football, Saturday, fall, Furious. It, it oh, just yeah. goes together. It's alliteration. I can't, you know, that is my beer choice. you got to have the Furious on football weekends in the fall.
1: And, of course, that's that's thanks to our friends at Surly Brewing who put out so many good beers. But, you know, for guys like Chip and I, we love, as Chip just said, the Surly Furious, and so we will keep those coming. You know, if you like drips and drops, that's awesome. If If you like hell, again, so many good choices at your local liquor store right now. Um, yeah, I just wonder, too, Chip, if they are going to, because I'm with you. Like, like we think of this sport as, as an emotional sport. But sometimes decisions have to be made, uh, snap judgments. But, you know, there were things about baseball that, that have happened to it that I didn't expect. Like, I, yeah. that I didn't see would be changed. So I just wonder if there's things that we perceive right now as, well, these are always how things get done. And, and in our minds, that's the way to do it or the only way. And, you know, a guy like Quasi will say, oh, no, no, there's other ways that we can approach this. And then, boom, in five years, it's completely changed. Because that's, that's you know, in baseball, I never thought the stolen base would be abandoned. Eliminated. Or the, bunt, the-, or the yeah. bunt. Like, I'm yeah. used to be like, oh, yeah, bunting. Yeah, yeah, it's important. i." I in our day, coaches used to talk about the importance of like working on your bunting. Now I think you'd be. We laughing. did it every practice.
0: Yeah, we did every practice.
1: So, could football well, have
0: have some of the similar things? Well, that's that's you know, like this somebody I'll have to look at the the new football operations director that they hired. At. Sorry, I don't know his name. Um, he it's a non traditional background, right? I mean, he so, has his PhD or whatever from. Uh, Oh, my alma mater, Missouri, right? Um, Analytics. Yeah, I mean, you got one too, right? Of course, he's a great hire. He's from Missouri. Um, But it's a non-traditional. So you're seeing this. A lot of guys come up through the research and development path. um, And that's where Quasi came from, research and development, after the business background. So it's it's hard to know because it's so new. So I I would love to know, like, what are they – What is this they're working on? What are the systems that they're putting in place, and how is that going to affect the football product on the field? I'm fascinated. I don't think we will know for a couple of years, and then there'll be trends and be like, "Aha, that's that's where this correct. This is what was happening behind the scenes." And so, I'm, I'm too stupid to know, you know, like. You know, I'm a dumb journalist. I don't he think was...
1: you're stupid. I think you're too old, which is my problem. Well, that, yeah, I'm dumb. I'm too else. old <laughs> to foresee the changes that they see. Because, as quasi said, after the draft, he expressly referred to being in the lab. He yeah, said, we got guys in the lab. That's what I'm saying. Is I, I actually don't think that that's like some type of of like misstep in speech. I think he's literally thinks of this as a lab and they're cooking up ideas that we are going to say, huh? And then it's going to yeah. be in five years. Oh yeah, of course they did
0: that. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm I'm fascinated to see if this works in this sport to the degree that we've seen it with baseball. Yes. Now, some people, some people there are people that will, will tell you. And in some ways I don't disagree that a lot of analytics have ruined baseball. um, Mm-hmm. with the way the game is played now it's just made it less appealing. I just don't know that you're going to have the same impact on football. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. And you might I, be right, dude. I, I could be completely proven wrong on this. Yes. Um but I'm fascinated to see kind of what how this plays out with this regime and um, you know because they're clearly it they're clearly bringing in uh, uh personnel in a front office that wants to to you know do some something completely different than what we've seen with this team, you know.
1: The new Vikings vice president of football operations from the 49ers is Demetrius Washington. Demetrius
0: Washington, yeah. It, and he was he he had been in research development for years with him, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he's gonna now be in the job that Quazy was in Cleveland, which is an important job. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thing, sir, I got a question for you. Um again, it's just going to be uh hypothesizing about what might take place here. So Dalvin Cook in his post-practice press conference Tuesday made a reference to his role. And so I followed up with, you know, how much more do you have to offer from like a standpoint of what you can do? Because, you know, he could, I mean, we, we've seen him do some very impressive things that weren't necessarily repeated by the previous coaching staff. And, um, and Cook's like, well, I'm not going to give away our trade. (laughs) Secrets, you know, we're preparing yeah. for the Packers in Week One, but I can tell you right now, I can do a lot more. But, but he didn't say much. Yeah. And then I believe it was Dalvin himself who tweeted out a picture of him catching that pass against the Steelers last yeah. year, which was a great throw by Cousins and a great catch. Uh, so he's clearly alluding to what I think we've always talked about, which is how much more can he he do? And I think it was Chad Graff who tweeted out from the Tuesday yeah. camp that Dalvin, and this is not a shock, but. He was lined up at times as a receiver. How Mm -hmm. much more are you excited to, or are you expecting that we will see Dalvin Cook used in far more ways than just the traditional that, you know, clearly Mike in the
0: previous regime favored? Well, I think you'd be crazy not to. And you have this offense coordinator who's, you know, comes from a creative system where uh, I think you use your best players however you feel like you can get an advantage. And, I mean, this is something you couldn't do with Adrian because he couldn't catch, right? Right. (laughs) They always talked about (laughs) doing it, but but he he just, you know, he had uh, difficulty holding on to the ball as a receiver. With Dalvin, maybe you say, you know what, that guy's got some receiving skills. Um, Let's use him in that or a handful of plays and see if you can pop a big play with him as a receiver. And so I do think you're going to see this coaching staff be more creative, try to unlock some things. Um, and that's why not only Dalvin, Justin Jefferson, I mean, I think, oh, yeah. uh, and, and Irv Smith, I mean, I think yep. there's potential. I think you have guys that are elite at their positions and in their skill set and physical makeup that if you're O'Connell and, you, and, and the coaching staff, you said, why don't we try to use, different, <laughs> use these guys differently to see if there's more we can unlock?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think they are quietly w- without saying too much uh, b- because he still has to prove he can stay on the field. I think they are quietly, extremely excited and they should be about Smith. He, he was back uh, yeah. taking part. Now, to your point, there's no tackling. So it's not. Yeah. But he does ha- have to cut. He was back with the first team. Irv Smith was on Tuesday. And like, that's another one, because you, you talk about this uh, illusion of complexity that O'Connell likes to talk about. And if you have Dalvin out there, Jefferson out there, Smith, Thielen, and you don't know what anyone's exactly going to do, and Jefferson 100% of the time has to be accounted for, yeah, that's going to open up
0: opportunities for somebody. I don't know who, but somebody. Well, this, you know, you're know, you right. Err Smith has to stay healthy. But think about how we walked away from training camp last year after watching him. You're thinking this guy's going to have a huge role yep. because he's just he looks like the, the new tight end that you want, right? And and O'Connell talked about yesterday, Kevin Seifert asked him about, like, kind of what's your philosophy on these the evolution in that position? He's like, yeah, I mean, everybody's trying to find those guys because of the matchups, you know, and and uh, I think if Ersmith Smith can be healthy, he is a guy that um, could have a big year in this offense.
1: And the last thing is O'Connell and I like this and this is very creative. O'Connell is acutely aware from an offensive standpoint what tight ends are doing to defenses. Mm-hmm. And if you have seen it, Chipper, more and more, the Vikings have fewer guys prepared to play linebacker who look like them. This this Asamoah kid is smaller than Seen. Like as far as like yeah. Seen's a bigger body type guy. Yeah. Asamoa who is a who was drafted as a linebacker, so the Vikings I think are very much prepared to basically rely on the front and Kendrick's to stop the run. But everybody else, like these yeah. tight ends who are fast, everybody else is going to be covered by guys that have that at least have a fighting chance to cover them.
0: Well, that's where I I think you you're hitting on the head Last time we were talking about Harrison Smith's role and Sean's role and having kind of these hybrid defensive, uh, safety, you know, players where, um, it's not your traditional looking defense because the offense has evolved. So you have to evolve. And you're 100% right that, um, they're adjusting to that. And so I I think, you know, that's what O'Connell has said all along is like, as an offensive guy, he knows where they try to make defenses are vulnerable so if you can share that with your defensive staff and say hey this is what we try to pick on and this is how we exploit you we have to figure out defensively how to counter that
1: great stuff sir i will talk to you with more purple access next thursday
0: September. all right boys let's see you